Let's continue to pray. Father, as we share together now from your word and from your words to us, Lord, give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and open spirits to receive from you today. For we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. We're going to start today somewhat differently with a little bit of a quiz. Who knows how to play taboo? Okay, taboo is this irritating word game, right? And, uh, okay, who's good with words? Anybody good with words? Huh? Okay, Elizabeth, you're coming up. We need a man. It's going to be men against the women here. Who's just done a master's degree? So must be good with words, I wonder. (laughs) You want to come up? No, but your mum says yes. Okay, all right. So taboo is like this, right? The game taboo is is like, it's quite simple. So we're going to have women against women and men against men, right? And on... On to, in Taboo, right, you have, have a card like this, right? You can't see that. I'm not going to let you see it. But there's a word at the top, right? Don't say what it is, but that's the word. You can't see it. You need glasses then. You're going to have to read. Have you got your glasses? You don't need glasses. No, no young man like you. So there's a word at the top. Can you, can you see it with these glasses? Can you see it now? No, 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 no. Okay. We need, we need someone that can read, uh, that has their glasses. No, no, that's fine. Can we, women, okay, mum, come up here. Yeah, because you've got your son up here. That'll teach her, won't it? She was going, you, 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 you go. Yes, exactly. Good. Right, you can, you can see this. Okay, so there's a word at the top, and that's the word they have to guess, right? Okay, don't say it out. Okay, so you can well, you've got to share now. Okay? And you're not allowed to say any, that word or any of these words. Right? Because if you say that, then, then you go wrong. Okay? So I have to get, I'm going to demonstrate this. I'm going to have to get, I'm going to get them to try and guess what that top word is. But I'm not allowed to say the top word or any of those other words. If I do, you go squeak. Go on, go squeak. Right? Okay. And that means I've failed. Right? So you, you, you're thinking, right? Focus, people, focus. My reputation is on the line here. Okay, so it is um, something to do with a building. Uh, you can call out anything that comes to your head, right? Something to do with a building, and it's the opposite of a ceiling. Floor, perfect. See, as simple as that, right? Now, okay, so what we're going to do, right... I'm going to put this down. We're going to have a competition. Women against women, uh, against the men, right? So women go first. Okay, I've got six, six things for you here, right? Now, you need that. So you have to describe that top one, okay? And once you've done that, you do the next one. I'm not going to time you to see if you get all six. If you say that or any of these words, you're going to go... Exactly, and then you failed on that one, right? And you're on to the next one. You got it? You can't.
can't say any of those words. Right, hang on, wait, wait. I'm going to get a timer. Okay, go for it. Something you put on toast. Maple. the seaside. It's on, it's on the ground. Yep. Oh, no, 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 a little fur, a little furry pet. Just had one of these when the Queen passed away. On a roll. You're getting bailed out here, you know that. You get stung by it. Yeah. All right, stung. yeah, well done. <laughs> Give it to <laughs> No pressure. This is your list, right? Okay, you need that, you need this. Okay. Feel free to squeak at any moment. So these are for the men. Yeah, okay, so, um, right. Definitely, one sec actually. I don't wanna get squeaked at. <laughs> okay, go. Right, definitely handy with toothpaste. Should I take one more then? Yeah, yeah, go on then. Try again. Do another. I'll try again. One moment, please. Um, hmm. Can't say any of these. Uh, a tune. Yeah. There you go, yeah. <laughs> okay. Right, next. Um, Jonah had a holiday here. Yeah. There you go, yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me see. It's a French word. Oh, whoops. Sorry. No. Squeak. Squeak. Yeah. Okay. I can't say that one. Sorry. Uh, you mm, you normally wear it under a jumper. There you go. There you go. Yes. Carry on. 
All right. Um, let me see. Okay, okay. <laughs> a West London International Terminal. Oh, sorry. Is it? Okay. okay, I got to speak to that again. <laughs> I, think, I think the women won that. Okay, so I got one more question for the women. Thank you. You can sit down now. Your oh, mum has okay. to stay. All right, I want you to do this one for me. I'm going to have that. You do that one. Uh, you could enjoy it after dinner. You put it on something and eat it. In this bag up here, I brought with me some Do you like, do you like uh, cheese? I do. Good. This is fresh from Holland. I want you to describe what it tastes like. I'm going to cut you a bit. Do you want a big bit or a little bit? All right. Okay, there's a little bit. What does it taste like? Um, definitely cheesy. It tastes like it's got peppers and sausage. It's smoky. There's something in there I can't describe. Um, Uh, uh. I can't describe the taste. Um, yeah, it's different. I've never tasted cheese like it. Nice, isn't it? Yeah, but I there's one taste I can't just can't pick up. Mm. That's good. Thank you. Cheese. I have no idea what the name of the cheese is. It's all in Dutch. Well done, anyway. Round of applause for everybody. Good job. You know, it's, it's easy sometimes, or it's easier to describe certain things than other things. The thing is that it's got cumin in it, which is what you couldn't describe. But even if I say that, I think, I think what, uh, well, Jackie, actually, if, the only way you can really tell what that cheese is like is by tasting it, right? I mean, we could go through, it's, it's kind of creamy and it's got cumin in it and it's this and that and the other, but it still doesn't really help you to know just how good, I love cheese, <laughs> how good this cheese really is. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really good. Um, so, there's certain things that 
we can describe a kitten, and you've all got a picture of a kitten, right? But there's other things that are really difficult to describe and to understand. It's hard to put it into words. Because the truth is, the only way you can really describe it is by tasting it. If I was to give all of you a piece of this cheese, which I'm not going to because it's mine, <laughs> and it's really good, then you would, we would be able to talk about it together. But unless you've tasted it, unless you can, you know, even if you see it, it doesn't really help, does it? I can show you the cheese. I could even get you to smell the cheese, but it still doesn't help, right? You have to taste it to know that what it really is like. Perhaps if I turn this on. The psalmist said, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? There's something about experiencing something. You ever tried, you ever been on like a, seen a sunset or a mountain scene or whatever it is, and you're trying to explain it to someone else, and you just can't, can you? Because it was the experience of that moment that, that made it so special. And you can kind of tell other people about it, but you see in their faces, they don't get it. They don't get what you're trying to say because, because they can't get it because they weren't there and they haven't experienced what you've experienced. You have to taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him that, that has that experience of God. Today is Vision Sunday. We're going to talk a little bit about the vision of the church because there's some changes coming up, as you know in how we're going to do certain things here. And I want to explain, if I can, why, why we're making these changes. In the Bible, there's two different kinds of worship. There's the first kind is the kind of come and participate, receive kind of worship. And Jesus describes that in Luke 4 verse 14 and 21 he goes to the synagogue and he stands up and he finds the scroll of the prophet isaiah which is handed to him and he opens it and if you were here at the uh, afternoon service we we spoke a little bit about this uh, last sunday but he he says let me put that down a bit he says these words in luke 4 he says the spirit of the lord is on me to because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind to release the oppressed to proclaim the year of the lord's favor and then he rolled up the scroll he gave it back to them and sat down and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began by saying today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing Part of it is, is of worship is to come and to receive, come and participate, but you come to receive, you come to hear and to listen. You come at the very best to, to focus on God and you reinforce your position before a holy God. It's similar to what we see in the Old Testament when they would come with their offerings and come to the temple. And they would come and they would give their offerings and they would have a feast as a family and celebrate together and go worship in the temple. That's one view of, of Scripture, of worship. But there is another view as well, which is different, which Jesus carries on to in the very next passage. 
In the next section, right after he said that, he said these words. He said, then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath began to teach the people. So the very next Sabbath, they were amazed at his teaching because his message had authority. And in the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit, who cried out in the top of his voice, Ha! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. And all the people were amazed and said to each other, What is this teaching? With authority and power he gives orders to evil spirits. And they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. There is a difference because one is about receiving from God. Another one is participatory. It's about being a channel with God. It's about Jesus going and ministering. And often in the scriptures, we read and we see that Jesus went to the synagogue and he ministered to people there. He didn't just go and receive. He didn't just go and, and give his worship and recognize his position before his father. But he, he used that opportunity to actually minister and allow God to flow through him. Now, both are completely valid, right? Both we see in Scripture. Both are true. Both are essential. Think about it like this. We've talked about this before. What's the role of a priest? What is a priest? In Exodus, the word says, you shall, God said to the people of Israel, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And in 1 Peter 2, 9, it says that for you and me. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people belonging to God, right? What is a priest? We've done this before. What is a priest? You're a priest, right? We are to be a kingdom of priests. Hands up if you're a priest. Right? Yep. If you know Jesus, you're a priest. Part and parcel of the deal, right? If you know Jesus, he says, now I'm going to make you a priest or a priestess, right? One or the other. So what is a priest in a nutshell? What is it? What's the role of a priest? A go-between. Thank you. I'm going to come and give you a hug. That's exactly someone was listening. A go-between. A priest is a go-between between the people and God, if this is God, right? And God and the people. A go-between. That's why they stand here. The people are out there. God is up there, right? Goes between, backwards and forwards. It's a both and, not an either or. So they represent God or the people to God. Now, how do they do that? Well, they do that through prayer. How many times have you got on your knees and prayed for someone who you know is in trouble? Right? You pray for them because they're unwell, and you say, Lord, I'm just going to bring them to God. You're being a priest. You're saying, God, they, they might not even know Jesus, but I can take their prayer. I can take them, and I can say, God, I'm going to be the go-between, and I'm going to lift them up to God and say, God, please, they need help. God, they need something here. You see that through the pages of Scripture. Remember Daniel when he's praying at his window, and he's saying, God, like, the people, we're, we're sorry. And he was a go-between. He was being a priest. And we do that, and we continue to do that. And it's important that we do that and, and carry on. But a priest is also someone that takes 
in a sense, what God says or what God wants to do back to the people, just as Jesus did. They represent and they are become a channel to the people of God's Spirit flowing through them. That's ministry. And that is what God wants us to do. Or think about it like this. Actually, let me go back a little bit before we do that. When you think about the Gospels, Jesus asked his disciples to do both, didn't he? He revealed to them who God was, but he also empowered them to go and minister to other people, right? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So, so look at me, Jesus said, because then you'll understand who God is. But also, he said, I'm going to send you out. I want you to go out, and I want you to go and do ministry. And you carry on doing ministry. And you got any questions? Come and ask me. But I'm, I'm sending you guys off. I want you to do both. I want you to take the people to God, but also God, be a channel of God into people's lives as well. Now, the difficulty is, that when you think about that, I think the church has tended to focus on the first and not the second. We're not bad at taking the people's prayers up to God, right? It's what we do. But how many of us take, become a channel of God back to the people, back to where they're at? You see, I think the church has a big problem. And think of it like this. Who knows what this is? Do you know what that is? Huh? It's not a cockroach, but you're on the right lines. It's a what? A flea. It is a flea. I know, I know. It's slightly magnified. I'll give you that. Fleas are incredible, right? I don't recommend you get too intimately associated with them. But did you know that a flea like that, that's a big flea, right? But a flea can jump 80 times its own height. 80 times. Now, if you were to upscale that to me, do you know how high that means I could jump? It doesn't have wings, right? No wings on a flea. It just jumps. That would mean that I could jump over St. Paul's Cathedral with a hundred feet to spare. In fact, it means that I could jump over the London Eye without hitting it. Now, anybody six foot? You can downscale it a little bit. Brian, he could probably do the shard, right? That's how impressive these fleas are. A six-foot-high guy could jump over the London Eye, the top, right, of the London Eye. That's impressive. You've got to admit, that's a lot of leg work. And that's just from standing. That's not even a running jump, right? That's how impressed I am with fleas. But if you put a flea into a jar, Like that. Oh, I love that. 
Sorry, it took me ages to figure that out, but I just, I'm just going to do it again because I love it so much. Let me just go back. Hang on. See if I can go back one. No, I can't do it with a lid. No. If you put a flea into a jar, isn't that cool? Whew. Anyway, sorry, I'm still a child, really. Uh, and if you close the lid, guess what happens? It doesn't die. No, if you've got oxygen in there. What happens is it jumps, as it normally does. But a flea can jump 36 inches, right? That's how it gets from person to person and so on. But anyway, it hits itself on the lid. But then what happens is that it thinks, and it goes, I ain't going to jump that high again because that hurt. So every time after that, it will jump just a fraction below the lid. And it won't hit itself. And if you keep the lid on for three days, you can try this at home if you grab a flea. If you then take, after three days, take the lid off, the flea will not jump out. Because it's learned that its environment is only that high, therefore that is how high it can jump. And not only that, I'm telling you all the amazing things about fleas today. If a flea or a group of fleas in there have baby fleas, not a single baby flea will jump higher than the lid height. You can then leave that lid off the jar for the rest of their lives and they will never jump out. You can prove me wrong if you like, but I wouldn't recommend it. Now why am I telling you all about fleas except because I just love the way I did that. Let me ask you a question. How many of you this morning got up and prayed and expected God to speak to you today and asked him to speak into your life in a new way, to experience God in a new way this morning and said to God, Lord, let me be a channel of your spirit into somebody else's life today. How many of you did that this morning before you came? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. On a Sunday morning. Yes. Okay. Now, why don't we pray like that? Because we've lived with a lid on in the church. Just in the same way the disciples, God, Jesus had to take the lid off and say, hey, you can do this. In Matthew, he says, I hope that's my next screen. He said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. He said to Peter, you can get out of a boat and walk on water, but you've got to take the lid off first. Because the lid tells you you can't be done. That's the human realm, right? But in the spiritual realm, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing. And we have taught people in the church to live in a jar. 
Just as the Old Testament and the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees taught the people of Israel and the disciples to live inside a jar. And they, they taught them that, and Jesus came and he took the lid off the jar and said, you can jump out. You see, the flea never loses the ability. It still has the ability. It loses the will to jump, the knowledge to jump, the, the understanding that it's possible. It just says, no, I'm going to hit myself if I do that, so I'm not going to do it even when the lid's gone. And what Jesus did was he came, and when he died on the cross and he rose again, he removed the lid for you and me. And he says, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing. You believe that? Mm. If you have the spiritual eyes that we've been talking about, if you see things as God sees things, if you, if you come and you know what it is to have the Spirit of God flowing through you, nothing is impossible. Amen? We need to stop living with the lid. Now the lid, why is the lid there then? Because it's controllable when you have the lid. It's, it's easy for us, easier for us to take prayers to the people up to God than it is for us to believe that God can use me as a channel of his Holy Spirit into people. It's easier when, when if Roland comes up to me and says, Roland says to me, David, can you, can you pray for Wildstone? They're on a really losing streak right now, right? That's a bad example. Uh, that needs a miracle. So... Um, no, if we, if, like, Roland comes out to me, okay, and Roland says, David, like, I've got a sore leg. It's a lot easier for me to say, Roland, I'll be praying for you, mate. And then I may even go away and pray for him. That's a lot easier than for me to go, let's pray right now and ask God to use me as a channel of his Holy Spirit into your leg right now because I believe God can heal you. Now, that's a whole different ballgame, right? One is lid on. That's safe. One is lit off. Ooh, what happens? What's God going to do? Is God going to really do that? What happens if God does that? What happens if God doesn't do that? What's going to happen? And all these things come through, so we live with the lid. You see, God's given this church a vision. It's not my vision. It's God's vision for his church. And we've talked about this vision. And the thing is, where we're at right now is for us to go out. He's told us as a church, I want you to go out into the streets. And we used to do this. We used to take prayer cards around the local streets. We used to go door to door saying, is there anything you'd like us to pray for? And then we would bring them back here on a Sunday and we would pray. We had hundreds of prayer requests from people living in the streets around here. And on a Sunday, we'd put a picture up of Heinz Road out there, and we would just pray for all the prayer requests that we'd had as part of our intercessions. That's lid on. But lid off, God has said to us, you know what I want you to do? I want you not only to do that, but volunteer, offer to pray with them on the doorstep. <laughs> offer to be a channel of God's Spirit through you, from me, into them. Oh, that's different, isn't it? See, it's easy to take the card 
that can bring about. And we can pray, fervently pray for people. That's, that's good. But to pray with them on the doorstep? And not only that, to, to expect God then to do things in their lives and use you and me to do that? Well, then first we need to build our faith. Faith is being certain of what you can't see, sure of, of what lies ahead, right? We need to be, build our faith and our expectations. We need to start seeing things with spiritual eyes, not with human eyes. For nothing is impossible for God. So we need to develop that. We need to start having that as our mindset so that when we come, we recognize that that is the reality. Not only that, we need to build experience of actually being a channel of God's Spirit into someone else. How many of you have had, don't answer this, but how many of you have had the experience where God has chosen to use you so that, and you felt the power of God's Spirit flowing through you at that moment when you prayed for someone else? Do you know what that feels like? That feels as good as that cheese. No, way better than that cheese, right? And I can't describe it to you any more than Danette could describe to you this cheese. Because you have to taste and see what it's like. It only comes when you experience it. When, when God chooses to suddenly pour His Spirit through you into other people, it's the most amazing and humbling experience you'll ever have. But that's what He wants. That's what He sent His 12 and His 72 out to do. That's what He sends you. As you're going, make disciples, He said. Go and do that. That's what I want you to do. But we need to build that. We, it doesn't just happen. You, you have to kind of, you need to train, you need to learn, you have to grow in your faith and in your understanding, but grow, grow in what it means to be a spiritual channel. Grow in your expectation of that. And not only that, you have to do it in, find ways to do it that are appropriate. Right? What did Jesus do? Some guy there was blind, what did he do? He decided to spit on the ground, make a little mud pool, and slap it on the guy's face, right? I would not recommend that today, right? God works through culture. And what's acceptable in Jesus' culture is not always acceptable today. So we have to learn appropriate ways to pray for people, to still be that channel, but do that in ways that are appropriate to our culture so you won't get arrested and this church won't get into trouble. Right? And I'm being serious because a lot of safeguarding stuff has happened because of that. And God will show us ways to do that. How you do that. So you're standing on the doorstep and a woman says, can you pray for me because I got a bellyache. What do you do? Are you going to lay your hand on their belly? Not a chance. Right? So then how can you be a channel of God's spirit through you into them? You need to learn how to do that appropriately. And how to do it in ways that honors people and individuals. And so we need to learn that. And that needs to become second nature to us as we go out. And we need to respond to the vision that God has given to us. We have a lot to do. And so how are we going to do this? Well, we need a place to learn and to grow. How many of you remember when I came and I preached from a paddleboard? Do you remember that? You won't forget it, will you? It's scarred on your brain. 
right? A paddleboard. It's my wife's fault. She got it for me for the birthday. And, and I put the paddleboard, if you weren't here, right up here, right? And I, I stood on it, took my shoes and socks off. Could have done with it today. I could have floated over, to be honest. Right? And I said, and we were looking at that passage where the walking on the water and life in the middle, what it's like out there. And we need a place to learn and to grow. And I asked this question, what is, is life like in the middle of the river, in the deep channel of God? And we looked at that together. God is calling us lid off, middle of the channel. That's where he wants us to be. But to do that, we need a safe place to learn how to do it. You don't learn that on the doorstep when somebody's there. You learn that here. And so what we're going to do here is we are moving in November to two services. One service, the first service, a 10.30 service, is going to be this. It's going to be the place where we train for ministry, where we learn how to be a channel of God's Spirit flowing through us into one another. Now, the only way you can do that is to do it, right? You can't learn to pray by me telling you about prayer. You learn to pray by praying. You can't paddleboard by me telling you how awesome paddleboarding is. The only way you learn to do it is when you get on the board in the middle of the river and you go floating off towards Putney Bridge, right? That's it. So the only way to learn is to do it. And so our 10.30 service is going to become the place where we learn to do it. So when you come, you come with that expectation. Yeah, there'll be teaching, but there will also be times of practical, let's put this into practice right now. Let's learn how to pray for one another. Let's get into groups and pray for one another. Let's not talk about the weather. Let's, talk, let's just get down and pray. Let's see God moving amongst us. Let's learn how to do it here appropriately. Let's respond to what we're saying up the front by actually putting it into practice so that our expectation grows and our experience grows and we start to see God moving in through us into one another. And we're going to do that for us as adults and we're going to train our young people to do that as well. One of the problems that we've had, I think, in churches is with our young people is we've taught them with glasses the lid on. And then they've left the church later on because all they see is the church with this lid on. And they go, what is that? And elsewhere out in life, they see things where the lid is off. And they, they've experienced things. And we need to teach our young people as well as us how to experience life as God wants us to with the lid off. He said, I've come that you might have life and have it in abundance, not limited. And so our 10.30 service is going to be that. The 2 o'clock service is going to be something else. Because I recognize and we recognize that not everybody is there right now. Not everybody is able to come into the middle of the river. Not everybody feels that you take the lid off. I, I don't know what that means, and I, I'm, you know... As I said, some, some people prefer to be on the bank or some people prefer not even in the water. And that's okay if that's where you're at. And at the 2 o'clock service, we will encourage you 
and help you to explore. And we, we want to nurture you in a way that hopefully, if you're willing, because I know God is, he'll get you on the board and gradually pull you out towards the middle so that you feel confident and comfortable to be a channel of God's Spirit into other people. That you're comfortable and you're able to jump out of the jar and receive everything that God wants to flow in you and through you. You need to decide. That's why I'm sharing today. You need to go and decide for yourself which, where you are. I can't make that decision for you. Only you can. It's not going to be a matter of style. It's not a matter of this one's going to have hymns and this one's not going to have hymns and this and that and the other. It's a matter of where are you on the board? Or where are you in the jar? Or where are you as a priest? Are you, are you this way or are you both ways? Where are you? Because we're all in different parts of that journey, right? The disciples were. We all are. I am. We're all we're going to make mistakes, but we'll make mistakes here, not out there. We're going to learn and we're going to fumble and just like the disciples and that's okay because we'll do it here and it's a safe place to do it. When I was in college, they taught me how to preach and they said, you know what? You can make as many mistakes as you want right here because we're here to encourage you and support you. When you get into a church, you don't want to be making those same mistakes because they're going to be looking at you and going, is this the kind of minister we want? So make them here. And on Sunday, make them here if we're going to make them. So that when we're out there ministering on the streets, we'll know what it means to have the power of God flowing through us. We'll know the capacity for God to bring change and transformation and encouragement and blessing into people's lives and into their houses and into their communities. Let's pray. Father, you said taste and see. You want all of us to know what it is to be channels of your Holy Spirit. It's not the role of the priest or this priest. It's the role of all of your disciples. You say, as you're going, be my channels. Be my ambassadors, Paul said. You said it in so many ways. You said, John 15, just stay connected to the vine and I'll grow your fruit. You know, stay, allow the, the, the sap of, of the spirit to flow through you and then the fruit will be abundant. Yeah, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are so few. Pray to the Lord to send workers. Lord, you're sending us. Help us to get ready. Lord, as we talk and as we share and as, as I pray for my brothers and sisters here, Lord, speak to them. For many of us, we've lived in a life with the, with the lid on and we've become used to jumping just that high when we could jump over the London Eye. Teach us, give us the confidence, even if it's 
tentative right now because you're saying to each one of us, get out of the boat. It's time to walk on water. Not because we are so special we have the ability, but because you are calling us. And so we do it in your strength. Speak to each one of us over the next days and weeks. For we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. Of course, worship is not all that we need to think about. And as a church, there are certain other pillars that we're putting into place. And I'm just going to really go through that quickly. Firstly, the worship ministry. To do that, we need uh, uh, live worship and so on. And uh, it's wonderful to have Jeff here. Do you want to stand and give us a bow, Jeff? This is Jeff, new worship pastor. So he will be starting... Uh, and he will be, his ears are already burning for singers and for anybody that plays the wooden spoon or the spoon, wooden spoons, what am I talking about? Spoons or anything like that, triangle, you know, glockenspiel, I love that word, don't you? Uh, whatever. So uh, Jeff is going to be here and uh, leading our worship, so welcome uh, today. But uh, starting, he's just finishing off his worship at the church where he is right now. So he's starting here at, um, at 10.30 on the 4th of November. 6th of November, that one as well, right? Um, okay. So worship ministry is important. Children and family and youth ministry is vital. And um, we are in conversation with someone right now um, to come and be a new children and family worker here at the church to take that ministry forward. And uh, uh, so... Um, we are really praying. God said to us in a word, he said that don't advertise. I'm going to bring the right people. And, um, and as we shared, just with Jeff, as we shared the vision that God has given to this church, the vision that Jeff and his wife Haley had married up with the vision that God has for the church. And it's been the same for the children and family worker. That vision just marries up with the vision that God has laid in their hearts. So we're talking to them about when they can come and start, and then we'll have Sunday streams every week, and not just uh, you know twice a month or, or so on. So uh, we're looking forward to that really soon. Uh, mission ministry, it's not just about going out and, and on the streets. Uh, that's where God has said start. But then as we go door to door, as we minister door to door, as we see the power of God working through that ministry, then many other ministries will come in the church and we will see needs and God will lay those needs on our hearts and we will need to respond to those needs here in the church. And so there'll be many ministries that will begin to open up, not because we think it's a good idea, but because he's told us, this is what I want you to do. And he'll lay it on our hearts. That's why we haven't put everything back since pre-lockdown or since lockdown. We said, like, let's keep things so that we've got the capacity and the space to do the ministries that he's calling us to do. And as he speaks to us, so we will listen and respond. Pastoral ministry, we're sorting that out, and Pauline is, is helping to do that, right? To sort out the pastoral ministry, how we support and encourage one another and how we're going to do that right across the life of the church. The lettings on how we use the building, we're gradually working through that and unfolding that uh, as that goes and then also um i think there's one more the property and what we need to do to the property to get all these things need to be coming together 
along with where we are spiritually ready for what God has for the vision of the church. Uh, and obviously it's all underpinned by our Bible study and our prayer and our spiritual walk with God. And as we do that, then God is building his church. So there's a lot that's happening here in the life of the church, some that you don't see if you just come on Sundays. But all of that is being prepared. It's like these pillars here. You know, if, these, if we took these pillars down, what would happen? The whole roof would come on top of us. Right? And, and so you need all those pillars in place, and they need to be strong so that God will build his church as we go from uh, in obedience to him. So all that's happening sort of as, as we talk um, behind the scenes and so on, and gradually that'll be unfolding in the weeks and the months to come. But it all needs to be ready as well. I'm not going to say any more now. We're going to just... Uh, what's the time? Okay. You know what I want you to do? Why don't you just get into groups this morning? Just where you are. And let's just spend some time praying.